I think really it's about having the right people around you and sticking authentic to who you are as a founder and also to the company that you're building. In part one of my conversation with Chelsea, she talked about her company, Shipsy, which gives any retailer the delivery power of a large online behemoth like Amazon. In this second part of our conversation, Chelsea discusses the resources she drew from to help get Shipsy off the ground, how she's positioning her company for a post-pandemic world, and why she believes funding through venture capital may have been a mistake. From the beginning, you said it, it you got connected with your co-founder, you had this technology and you, you began this, this journey. Did you have the business model figured out right from the beginning? How did that evolve? Huh. Trial by fire. <laughs> All I can say. Trial, Trial by, by fire. fire. I like that. If you had to share one um, hurdle that you had to overcome in the past three years that another entrepreneur or leader could learn from, mm -hmm. uh, what would you share? Just one. <laughs> Just cherry picking one. I'm sure there, there there's yeah. countless, numerous. And it may be just that, that journey of how do you go from, from nothing to your first customer yeah. and, and be able to then scale from there. Lean on mentors um, is a big one. I think failing fast is a pretty cliche one that you can say, and you can take or leave any of these for the write-up. But um, failing fast is a really important one really making sure that you have your ducks in a row before going to market or before trying to raise capital, do it right from the beginning is another really big one. I think really it's about having the right people around you and sticking authentic to who you are as a founder and also to the company that you're building. It's really confusing when a mentor or an investor or your co-founder is telling you, we should go north, we should go north. No, no, no. And then the next one you talk to says, we should go south. More times than not, if I would have stuck with my gut from the beginning in a lot of those conversations, it's really important to get that feedback. But there are countless situations, whether it's on product modifications or it's on investment or it's on hiring, Stick to your gut and be authentic to who you are and the, the kind of company that you want to build and have the right people around you in every capacity, the team, the support, uh, all of it. If, if there you have, it's the dichotomy of having lots of uh, support and mentors around you to give advice, but to stick with the, act, uh, the gut that you know of yeah. the future direction you're trying to get to. Balancing that uh. in your head. <laughs> It is certainly an art and uh, and a science, to say the least. Um, there's a better line for that, but uh, yeah, for now I'll say it's a it's an art and a science and a challenge yeah. and something you only go through. That's why when we get old, we get so wise, right? You only learn from from some of these experiences. If you had to, if you were to start this over again, the past three years to start the company again, mm -hmm. is there something you would change or do slightly different? to either do things faster or more efficiently or, or just you do it differently? I would have sold my way out of it instead of raising venture capital. Okay, why, why do you say that? If you have the right product at the right time and there's a big problem that you're solving and you can actually do it, hmm. it's easier to post a contracts with potential customers and it will only put you in a position to 
learn faster. It's that's what it's really about. If I would have postdated a contract and got some, um, you know, maybe upfront working capital from a customer, I could have built faster. I could have had them testing faster. I would have been in a better position to raise capital because I would have had those use cases. I could have made product modifications sooner because I would have just had them. It's a, it's a balance of getting your ducks in a row and doing things right from the beginning, but also start learning as quickly as possible so that you don't end up wasting money on part of a product that you don't end up using or that someone doesn't need or doing a crazy customization. Working with your uh, clients, getting their contracts of a problem that actually needs solving and using that revenue and that money to build it versus just getting uh, funds and then building something that- Go solve a big problem, execute on it, and the rest will follow. Have your customers have enormous success and everything else will follow. The revenue will follow and, and building a great team around you. Looking forward now, what hurdles do you see in your way of, of accomplishing your kind of next steps and your next goals, particularly maybe in the light of the current uh, economic situation? There is so much uncertainty for everyone, and we are taking every precaution that we possibly can from cutting budget to, you know, getting early users on some of these new products that we can learn and grow. Um, I think that the the biggest hurdle that I see for us over the next year is, is really about making sure that we are positioned perfectly on the other side of this mm. to just completely blow everything out of the water. This current environment I see as fuel to the fire of what our business looks like long-term. It is setting a different consumer expectation. It is forcing retailers to move up these projects like curbside or delivery. It is absolutely a catalyst for our business. It's just making sure that we're making the right decisions and taking the right steps in the meantime to put ourselves in a really, really strong position on the other side of this. How are you continually to innovate? Where do you look for new ideas and new thoughts? Do you have any current books or podcasts or uh, articles that you're reading or and gaining insight? Mm -hmm. um, I find that um, I find that connecting with people that I previously worked with one of the most helpful things or mm -hmm. it's an old customer. I mean, that's really where a lot of the key learnings come from, even for my team to utilize them as resources. I have old clients that I just sent a note to that said, I'm considering rolling out this widget or that one. Which one do you think would be more valuable for X retailer business? Like they're the experts in it, right? Um, so I, I tend to lean on the people who are experts in those fields more than anything. They know it far better. Why would I pretend like I know the answer or try and, you know, be smarter, faster than them when they do it every day. Um, that is one. And there is, um, I also read for 10 minutes um, every night. And the, uh, it's just kind of a habit that I, I think I developed in college. Um, so I'll send you a note after this on a couple of my favorites, but. Um, that's great. <laughs> every t 10 minutes every night. Now that's a good routine. 10 minutes every night. Yeah. Simon Sinek and 
Uh, the golden circle or why is, is something I lean heavily on, I think, in a lot of ways. Um, and I just started a new one a couple days ago that I'll send you the name of it. I can't, I can't even recall it offhand. Um, That's okay. You can send it to me later, but I love that concept. Yeah. Uh, 10 minutes a day. So and, a cup of tea. and a cup of tea. I love it. So close out with this last question. What kind of uh, tech innovation do you predict we will see in the near term and the long term? So in the near term, like the next year or so, and then long term, 10 years. Near term, I think it's about how do we use our resources in the right way? We are so wasteful. I think in the next year, there's going to be a lot of, um, you know, sustainable type products or technology developments, or how do we recycle resources that we already have? I think there's going to be a lot in there. Um, and then also on, I mean, on the retail side, there's going to be a lot of things around inventory and overstocking inventory. I even think that there's going to be a lot of new technology startups in the next year that are trying to solve for this new massive inventory problem that retailers are facing. Um, so that's kind of in that in that landscape. Mm -hmm. And long term, I I think about Shipsy and I think about our business, and I fundamentally believe that all products will be on demand and that things will be automated and it'll be more of a replenishment. If there is something that I can eliminate or automate or delegate, I tend to, to ask myself some of those key questions. And I think we'll continue as a society to um, simplify things because I think if you are shifting back to really enjoying convenience and simplicity and um, really valuing life more in a, in a different lens than we have. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.